200 level episode 233 mike carpenter from the basement for a first in 200 level history a post-game show which will act um, i guess as an immediate post-game show if you're listening on a friday night on twitch live or on uh, any podcast streaming platform you're listening to or if you're listening to this over the weekend so we'll try to keep this evergreen enough where whether you're listening immediately or later on it will still apply and what a start to the Big Ten season for Illinois. Uh, it kind of spur of the moment. I planned on doing a second half pod from the basement tonight and then found out that actually the two tickets I thought I was not going to use, I was able to use. So went solo tonight because it was so last minute and ended up having a great time being back at the State Farm Center after, let's call it a self-imposed exile or a sabbatical after the Cincinnati game which was so bad that I really had to sort of for, you know, kind of like a defense mechanism. I I could not allow myself to continue to be as invested in the team. And then the rest of last week came and went in fairly unimpressive fashion. You did beat Kansas State and you beat Texas Rio Grande, but not impressively. And if anything, you felt worse after that week. Well, this week has been a cure for what ails us as Illini fans. And I know both of them have been home games, and I know it's Notre Dame and Rutgers, and neither of these teams are probably going to make the NCAA tournament. But that all said, I saw a turn with this team this week that has me much more optimistic, and for many moments tonight had me thinking, well, what the hell? I think I was right when I predicted that this team was going to be better than last year's team, but a lot, a lot of games left to play, including Monday night at Iowa, which is going to be an absolute, um, not a slugfest. I think it's actually going to be a really entertaining game, but maddening if you do, in fact, lose. But I anticipate a high-scoring game at Iowa City. I anticipate that Illinois will beat Arizona next Saturday. If anything, I think this Illinois team might actually kind of go the way of last year's Iowa team. In that, they're going to be great at home. They're going to be a great shooting team at home, especially. And if anything, maybe face more of their issues on the road. Now, would I take for this year's team the kind of season that Iowa had last year? And if you think about it, there are some parallels. You got the one stud down low with Luca Garza last year, now Kofi Coburn for Illinois this year, and a pretty good supporting cast that when they're shooting well, it's hard to beat them. Uh, But they are just superior at home as opposed to on the road or neutral sites. I would take that kind of season, though hopefully I'd like to maybe make the second week in the NCAA tournament. And while that is jumping ahead a bit, I think that we are seeing right now a team that is firmly in the top 15 of the nation kind of caliber, the way that they've played this week. Of course, it is contingent on how you shoot. But here's the big turn and what has me very excited for really the rest of the season. The adjustments this team made offensively and how quickly they did it when you consider where they were against Cincinnati And where they've been this week is phenomenal. And the biggest change of all has been the fact that Kofi is almost all too eager to pass the ball out. Now, we had a text thread with me, Isaac, and Trevor tonight. And Isaac, there was one possession, I agreed with Isaac on this, is Kofi getting too passive? And there was one time in the second half that I thought he might have been right about that. But for the most part, though, this offense was fluid tonight against a Rutgers defense that is not bad. Rutgers' offense is terrible. I mean, they will not win probably a lot of games in the Big Ten this year. I could see them going 7-13 or 6-10. and 10. Not a good team. Defensively, though, not bad. And you made them look absolutely miserable defensively. Or actually, now that I say that, I think it was just the fact that you were shooting lights out and your offense was just that much better. So I, I need to give credit to Illinois before I start 
you know, piling on a not so good Rutgers team. You did what good teams do to bad teams, and you started off one and zero in the Big Ten in the process. And that's not a given for Illinois basketball in the last decade. What it reminded me of is I would have to go back to the Bill Self era and how against the lesser opponents at home, you just figured we're gonna we're gonna smash them, no problem, not a big deal. And that's what tonight was. Before the game started, I actually felt pretty optimistic that Illinois would win. And I thought they would win comfortably, not by 35, but uh, more like 15.1 at home. I thought they would cover for sure. And boy, they did not waste much time doing it. It was five to five at the first time out. I was having fun watching it, though I acknowledged it was a messy start with four turnovers. And then from there, you just took off. So we got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, Hello, it's Whippy. Whipple, I'm sorry. It's hard for me to see this monitor here. And we got a few other people on the Twitch stream on a Friday night. Good to see you guys as I'm watching Iowa and Purdue and doing a little bit of scouting before Illinois-Iowa on Monday night. A big game and another 6 o'clock game. I love these early tips. All right, before we get too far into this, the 200 level is brought to you by DPDO online at dpdo.com. 15 years in business and for good reason. These guys are one of the best in Champaign-Urbana. Give them a call today and they will deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. Any time of day, really. They stay open late as well. You could have a celebratory calzone as we speak. That is dpdo.com. I know. I'm sorry, Whipple. That's my bad. Uh, let's see. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. It's Christmas time, the holiday season. Whoop dee doo, dickery doc. Isn't that the song? Well, here's the thing you might want to get something that does not have supply chain issues. And I know for a fact that Fourth and Kirby does not have supply chain issues. They got everything restocked, including a few new items. So go online to fourthandkirby.com for the Illini fan in your life. Great swag. I got five t shirts and a crew neck. And there's a hoodie that I'm particularly interested in just in time for basketball season. That's at fourthandkirby.com. Also, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at Brian is my guy. Dot com. He is our guy for homeowners and auto. Um, Brian and his staff made it very easy for Karen and I when we moved into this new place. So I uh, cannot speak highly enough of them at brianismyguy.com. Finally, Rector Construction online at rectorconstruction.com for all your home exterior needs. Expert craftsmen, great customer service, and they will get the job done on time and on budget. That is rectorconstruction.com. Alani Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. We got a pretty good game in West Lafayette right now. As I'm recording this, it is 17 to 11 Purdue. I would imagine they stretch this game out. I would not mind at all if Iowa competes and they lose a heartbreaker. I don't necessarily want this game to be kind of like Illinois Rutgers, where Iowa can sort of lick their wounds throughout most of the second half as this gets away from them. I want a defeated and downtrodden and exhausted Iowa team though I don't think we're going to get it. I think we're going to get a hell of a game on Monday, though I think Illinois can win it. I actually think the matchup is pretty good when you consider that you can have strength versus strength. Um, the fact that their best player, Keegan Murray, I actually think we have a pretty good shot against him. And part of the reason why is Coleman Hawkins. What he did tonight against Ron Harper Jr. was one of the more impressive things that we saw tonight. And I remember thinking as I looked up at the box score, on the Jumbotron and seeing, man, you know, Coleman hasn't really been too involved in the offense. And I think he had one rebounds at some point in the second half, but his job tonight was to defend Ron Harper Jr. Ron Harper Jr. Was one for nine from the field for five points. That's pretty damn good. Now, I don't know if Coleman Hawkins is going to be a defensive stopper every night and Keegan Murray is better 
no doubt, than Ron Harper Jr. Keegan Murray is potentially first-team All-Big Ten. That's how good he is. But I do think that he, and maybe depending on the matchup or, or what kind of sets I was running, maybe you got Kofi on him if, if Keegan's really getting in the interior. But they got a couple other big guys as well. I think you can actually match up well against Iowa. You really had the last couple of years. You're better. Let, let me say this. They lost more than you did last year, right? And that includes, you know, considering Iowa is no longer with Illinois. You really, what you did to them in the Big Ten tournament, Iowa was good in that game, but that was truly a team effort. I think that this is a matchup ripe, ripe for the taking. But as I mentioned in the opening segment, the only concern I have after this week is that you just are not going to shoot that damn well on the road. And that might be this team's thing. They're great at home and they're okay on the road. But maybe not. Maybe offensively, best case scenario, they have found this new way to sort of operate where Kofi, he got his tonight. Maybe not the 25 points that we're accustomed to, but I think he had 11 or 13. Let's see if I can't get the box score up here real quick. Uh, Kofi ends up finishing with 13 points. Oh, 15 rebounds. Double-double, no problem. Um, So I think that you uh, maybe saw Kofi be a little bit too passive as Isaac and I were uh, texting about earlier, but... When you consider that he had two assists, I don't think that reflects how good of a passer he was tonight and how good of a passer he's been recently in this offense. There were more than a few times where it wasn't the initial pass that got the assist. It was the pass after that. What Illinois did so well tonight and what they really did well this week, and they're getting better at it almost exponentially, is rotating that ball around the perimeter and getting an open shot. And they do have shooters. And these shots have been in rhythm. Nothing fluky about the way that Illinois shot the last two games. You can maintain that if you continue to pass like they did tonight. That's something that can stick. Elsewhere on the court tonight, what I was most impressed by is Trent Frazier, while he did not stuff the stat sheet, did a good job running point, and Alfonso Plummer has firmly established himself as a really good shooting guard. Another monster game for him. He finishes with 24 points on 8 of 15 shooting, 3 for 8 from 3, 5 for 5 from the line. This guy is, I mean, of course, he's going to be in any endgame situation. And if he happens to get fouled or Trent happens to get fouled, you feel pretty damn good about it. Um, By the way, Illinois free throws tonight, 10 for 11. Kofi was 5 for 6. Only two guys shot free throws tonight, Kofi and Alfonso Plummer. Demonte Williams. There was a lot of confidence in his game tonight. Maybe too much on a couple of his shots. He finished 2 for 6 from the field, 2 for 4 from 3. Got a little bit uh, too eager maybe sometimes to shoot, but he had a bounce to a step that I did not see against Notre Dame and I had not seen yet this year. He looked great. Athletically speaking, he looked great. He finishes with four boards and five assists, two steals, one turnover. Jack of all trades, the glue guy, right? And he is really playing high-level basketball right now. On the bench, Jacob Grandison. And you know, if I use the word X factor, it sounds very much like a cliche and I understand why. 7 for 11, and from three-point range, 2 for 5. Look great tonight. And this is the Jacob Grandison I recalled early in the season um, in the first two games where I thought, man, he's that much better. You can count on Jacob Grandison. But I tell you what, I keep the starting lineup as is. I keep it as is. I know last year we eventually switched Grandison in there for DeMonte. But there seems to be, in this week alone, and I know I might be speaking prematurely here, there seems to have been a major bit of growth with this team. Almost to the point. And this is going to sound bad, um, but almost to the point that you don't want to rush Curbelo back. And of course, you don't. we don't really know what's going on with it. And I'm not, I'm not going to speculate. 
it does seem the way that Underwood has talked about it. It is something that the team very much supports him with, and it's not an injury-based thing. It's hard not to go the direction of maybe it is a mental thing that's going on right now. He will be back at some point. But the way you played this week, I don't want to rush him back because Curbelo is someone that really fundamentally changes the chemistry of the team. I kind of want to see this thing for a little bit. I want to see this develop and grow a little bit. Let Curbelo come back as organically as possible. You don't have to rush it when you're playing this well. I think this team as is can win games. And that sounds maybe, you know me, I'm kind of a creature of hyperbole. I do it way too much. But what a change from how we felt a week ago. What a change we felt from five days ago before that Notre Dame game. I think we tuned into it hoping, okay, just get the damn win. And then we had some fun watching it. Well, then tonight happens against a bad Rutgers team, but you looked great. Aside from anything Rutgers did or aside from the lack of talent that they had, you look great. So overall, a very impressive team effort. I cannot go without mentioning Luke Goody. And <laughs> he is going to be a pest for other teams. I don't know about a three-year starter. I would presume, though, that he does start next year. I don't think he's probably some sort of guy that's going to go pro early, though I think he'll have a pretty long career in Europe or something. Sometimes you look at a player and they just get it. And he is one of those. He is the sort of guy that would drive me nuts. On a Purdue, he actually, I was thinking this earlier, I was going to say he's the kind of guy that would have been on Wisconsin or Iowa or Indiana. Now that I think about it, The sort of IQ that he plays with reminds me a lot of a guy on Purdue. As I watch this Purdue team up currently six points on Iowa, Um, just doesn't make mistakes. And he's already playing good defense. He's sneaky big. He's a great shooter. Two made threes tonight, and he just fits in seamlessly out there. So I'm really excited to watch him develop. RJ Melendez surprisingly did not get in until late, but he made an impact when he did. Those two freshmen are going to get a lot of tick. Don't think Podzimski or, uh, at this point, even BBV is going to get a lot of tick. And now that I mentioned BBV, I got to mention the other center, Omar Payne, who, while he did not score, I don't think, tonight. And I want to make sure, yeah, no points for him, but he had seven boards, one block that was a monster block, uh, only one turnover, and I know his hands are not very good offensively yet. But overall, you're starting to see roles develop. And uh, whenever Curbelo does get back... I don't think you need to change too many things apart from maybe what uh, sitting DeMonte to start having DeMonte come off the bench and going with Corbello, Frazier, Plummer, Hawkins, Coburn. I mean, it's a good problem to have, but the way that those five guys are playing right now, I don't know which one you take out. That's a starting lineup that looks pretty good. And then the bench is just sort of filling their roles and doing it well. All right, so I'm heaping praise on a team not long after I was really riding them and really feeling down about them. And for those in the Twitch stream, if you guys want to send in any thoughts that you had for tonight's game, I will uh, get to them here in the chat thread. Uh, Let's see here. Hmm. Oh, we had a spammer earlier. Uh, This is from It's Whipple. Super impressed with Hawkins' defense on Harper. Yeah, and that that was the big thing to me, Whipple, is... (laughs) The fact that you have a matchup nightmare for other wings if Coleman Hawkins can, in fact, be a good defender. I don't need Coleman Hawkins to be the offensive stalwart that he was in the first three games. You got enough scoring, and I think those points will come for Coleman. He had a couple dunks tonight, or at least one. Uh, He had a three to start the game. That offense will come, I think, naturally for him. I'm not worried about that, but I do think that where he can excel is against opposing wings that are really good on offense. This was 
a nice little check off the list here. You get Ron Harper Jr., and let's see if he might match up against Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray's a hell of a jump up, though. Um, also, this is from Mitch Whipple. Two of Grandison's shots were towing the line three-pointers. That was it. So they came back from a timeout after there was a technical against Rutgers. And just a little bit of jawing back and forth. I didn't see it live. Didn't look too bad. But Plummer made both shots. And then before Illinois inbounded it, there was announcement over the PA that they changed to three to a two. That's right. There were two threes that were changed back to twos. Just a very productive and efficient night for Grandison. And I really think that at his best, he is an extremely efficient player. Seven for 11 says it all. Two for five from three, but as Whipple, you mentioned, really more like four for seven. So over 50%. Not bad at all. Uh, Rebounds. I have not looked at the stat yet. But as I was watching the game, it felt like we were just smoking them on the boards. That'll happen when the opposing team only shoots 31%. Illinois had 47 boards. Rutgers, 33. Rutgers plays D. Rutgers is not a terrible rebounding team, I don't think. Have to look closely at the stats. Uh, That's impressive. That's like Tom Izzo, Michigan State rebounding numbers, where you look at the box score and they just pummeled you on the boards. You do that, you will continue to beat lesser teams on the strength of your interior, on the strength of your rebounding. You might have to grind a few of those games out, but when you got that kind of discrepancy on the boards, I think you can. It's not always going to be pretty, right? Um, I do still think, by the way, as high as I am on this team, they are still due for a couple absolute stinkers where we I come right back on this Twitch stream or on the microphone and I'm pissed off about it. I that's going to happen, right? But I am going to relish this because there were enough steps taken this week and in this game that would lead me, lead me to believe that the floor is actually much higher than I probably would have guessed last Monday or even for that matter a week ago when they beat UT Rio Grande Valley or whatever by a few points. It is just remarkable the difference. Want to mention Underwood here? And thinking about the growth of this program and and how he's really stabilized things. And, you know, the one question that I think Illinois fans might have about Underwood has more to do with in-game adjustments than anything else. And that the jury's still out on that. And there's going to be another NCAA tournament appearance, and hopefully they have more success this year than last. But I got to think that um, one concern that I had, this idea that, uh uh-oh, like maybe he's just not a great Um, a great X's and O's coach anyway. And what I meant by that is how many November and Decembers we've had where this team has been erratic. And yes, they figure it out. Uh, But there's enough issues early in the season that you're always uneasy, no matter how deep you get in the season. This week was maybe the first time this early in the season where you have seen notable coaching decisions that have made a direct impact on the on-court performance. And, And to me, it's been exponential. Yes, consider the opponent. But it's not like you just kind of beat these two teams. You beat these two teams by a combined 45 points. And uh, Notre Dame, again, I don't know how good they are. It's hard to tell. Big Ten smoked the ACC in this year's challenge. Rutgers, we know they aren't great. But we also know that they're kind of a tough and gritty team. And you were able to sort of finesse them on offense by shooting lights out and moving the ball around. And then on the defensive side, out-tough them, out-grit them. That was the only thing they had going for them tonight. And you were able to neutralize that. So in this last week, it's as if, okay, they figured out after all the tumult of this early season with injuries and sickness, Underwood and the staff have kept the team on a fairly even keel. And now you are, what, 6-2, and I think, 6-2 and or 7-2, and but most importantly, 1-0 in the Big Ten. And to me, 
God, remembering all these seasons where it was really hard to get that first Big Ten win. All these times, especially in the John Gross era and the early Underwood era, where you started 0 for 2. And it just sucked. In fact, I think actually two years ago, you lost at Maryland. Oh, no. And then you beat Michigan at home. So you started 1 and 1. You got an opportunity to start 2 and 0. And right now it's 29 to 17 Purdue over Iowa. I think that says less about Iowa and more about Purdue. But I just saw the rebounding discrepancy here. And there's. 440 left in the first half. Purdue had 20 boards. Iowa had eight. You can do that against Iowa. Do that and you got a shot, even if Iowa makes some threes. But I really do think this is a matchup that Illinois can win, even at Iowa City. If you do, we're feeling really damn good. And I also love the length of time that you have between the Iowa game and the Arizona game. Actually, I love the short length of time that you have between Rutgers and Iowa. Given the fact that you didn't have to really expend a ton of energy late in the game today, you should go in feeling really good and really well-rested. And mostly at full strength minus Curbelo on Monday night um, at Carver-Hawkeye. Yeah, 29-17 to 17 right now. Purdue is just good. They'll be number one in the nation. I would guess they'll be number one in the nation when they come here January 17th, which is an 11 a.m. tip on Martin Luther King Day. And that will be a pretty cool atmosphere. That was another thing tonight, you know, early tip for a Friday night where people would like to go out and have a few drinks. And I don't want to say a late arriving crowd. Most of them got there. But while it was not full, I would say probably, you know, 13,000. So maybe a couple thousand seats were empty. Those who were there were into it. And they were in for a treat. I mean, you know, I again, I felt positive going into tonight's game. But I just had this sort of grin on my face. And and that sort of thing that I'd have to go back to the second exhibition game where everything clicked for this team. Or maybe it was, it was the first exhibition game. That was the same day that Illinois won at Penn State in football. And as I was watching that, just having a blast seeing all these new pieces and how they worked, I, I really think that you know the depth, of course, is something that uh, makes us feel like this team could, at their best, be more dangerous than last year's team. But maybe the biggest development is really just right in front of our eyes. That's the fact that Alfonso Plummer might just be really good. We could say streaky, except for the fact that the last three games, he's averaging over 20 points a game. And there's nothing streaky about that. Usually, you don't have a guy like him go off for three consecutive games like that. We assumed that he is a microwave. And some nights, he's going to be hitting five three-pointers, and some nights, he's going to hit zero. Well, tonight he wasn't just sitting three-pointers. He was taking it to the rim in a way that reminded me a lot of Andres Feliz. He was also, there were a couple uh, pull-up two-pointers that were no problem, just swish. He makes all of his free throws. He might just be a really good shooting guard, period. Whereas when we got him, I thought, okay, well, that will replace the Adam Miller production, and you may be lacking defensively. I, I think he's getting comfortable defensively, and I think that maybe the light switch just may have turned on. To see how good he's been the last three games, I think we're all thinking the same thing. What if he's just good and this isn't a game-to-game proposition? Whereas Trent, for example, and you can tell Trent's still working his way back. Maybe he doesn't have the lift on his legs. Trent, I think, finished with, I want to make sure I get this right here, six points. He had two three-pointers on two of eight shooting. I thought the shots looked fine. I think that he's probably still getting back offensively. He did have five boards and five assists, two turnovers, two only two turnovers running point. Of course, he had a steal. Go figure. By the way, Coleman Hawkins had three steals. Illinois had eight steals for the night. Good Lord. Um, but I, I do think that Alfonso Plummer's emergence and consistency 
that's another thing we would not have considered. So it's kind of funny how this season, if you think about how you felt at the very beginning of the season, that's kind of how we feel right now. And that's without Curbelo playing a role on this team. And who knows when that's going to be, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, let's see here on the Twitch stream. I know we got a few people in there. If you guys have any other comments, um, just go ahead and send them in. Lanai Mike, good to see you. Love that you're doing this on Twitch now. I'm enjoying it. And I, I hope that for the podcast listeners at home, they are not getting any less of an experience. And I don't think they are trying to make sure that this works live and also later. Um, yeah, but I love these six o'clock games. I got home and, uh, you know, Kara's just kind of doing some decorating and, and present wrapping and the Christmas season is upon us. Everyone's feeling good. And I figured, what the hell, I'll come down and do it now because I'm feeling, feeling good about Illinois basketball. And long term, we're feeling good about it, as we should with recruiting. But, you know, I think it was worrisome. It was really worrisome what we saw last week. And sometimes you just need a little injection of some positivity and you need an injection of good basketball. Man, we got that in spades this week, and especially tonight, and I'll take any Big Ten win. I look at this team and think, okay, are they going to win the Big Ten? Probably not, and I think part of that, even if Purdue were not this good, I would still have questions about this Illinois team over a 20-game Big Ten season, uh, and I think that's just how bad they were last week. It's, it's hard to shake that and think maybe they won't regress into that a little too much, one game too much. But uh, this team, you know what I would take? I'd take 21 and 10 or 22 and 9. That would probably be about a 16 and 4, 17. Well, God, 16 and 4 would be amazing, the Big Ten, or 15 and 5 kind of season. I'd take that. And that would get you probably like a four seed in the NCAA tournament. That is not any different than what Bill Self got his second and third year. And we felt like a healthy program. And while that second year for Bill Self, they made the Sweet 16, uh, the third year they lost to Notre Dame in the second round, you know, you're just continuing to give yourself a chance to advance the NCAA tournament. You just got to keep knocking on the door. You got to keep getting good seeds and favorable matchups. I think this team is good enough to still put themselves in that position. You got an All-American. I mean, Kofi is just video game good right now. He is Mike Vick and Madden 2004. He's a cheat code. And there's not much that you can do uh, to neutralize him. Tonight was a quiet game for him. And he went for 13 and 15. What was that? 13 points and 15 boards? I want to make sure I get that right. Uh, real quick, this is from Wizzy. Underwood's teams always seem to get better as the season goes on. It's fun to think about this team in February and March. Wizzy, I think that's why I'm so high about it right now, is that on December 3rd, I don't recall ever feeling this good on December 3rd about this team. I'd have to check last year in the Duke game. Certainly two years ago, we didn't feel this good about this team because it was about this time that they were down 30 at home to Miami. They came back. Isaac actually sent us. It was yesterday. It was a two-year anniversary of that Illinois-Miami game where you came all the way back and Io kind of tripped on the potential game-winning shot. And we thought, what the hell is wrong with this team? I think the next game they lost at Maryland. And at that point, you're still wondering, are we going to make a freaking NCAA tournament? Well, they would have. Of course, the pandemic hit. Um, but I, I think there's something to be said for the fact that already this early in the season, they're finding something. And what they found, I don't think is just going to evaporate. I don't think it's going to disappear. I don't have much fear of that. Um, I still have questions about the defense. I think Rutgers offensively is so bad that you can't take a whole lot away from today, except Coleman Hawkins individually did a pretty awesome job. And maybe that's going to give you some matchup, um, 
matchup advantages as you go forward. Uh, but for the most part, the fact that they played this kind of performance and they've done it two times in a row in early December, late November, early December, and you have winnable games coming up in the non-conference, potential marquee wins, right? The Iowa game. And I know that's a conference game, but the Arizona game I'm specifically looking at, and I think it's a great time to play them in mid-December. I really love how this team is playing at home, and I think this is going to be a great home court um, all year long. I mean, if you think about it, with most of these players on the other teams not having played in front of fans either, there's not going to be many environments quite like this one. And I think it's going to be made all the more jarring that these teams did not play any away games last year, and then poof, you get dropped in the State Farm Center in a raucous crowd. There were those moments tonight. You know, there was a moment actually late in the second half. It was the final dunk by Kofi. And, you know, the crowd goes nuts, of course. It was a great dunk. Two-handed dunk with authority. With authorita, as Eric Cartman would say. Kofi comes down to the Rutgers hoop. And along those fans there. And my, my seat in the 200 level is in that corner. And I got like a total meatball fanboy. I got chills. And this, this sounds ridiculous. I get it. Because Kofi, what I recognize in this moment, Kofi was having a moment that he didn't get last year. Kofi was having a moment he hasn't had since he blocked Luka Garza's shot. Because if you think about it, he had a great game against Notre Dame. I'm sure there were moments where the crowd was nuts. I was not there for that one. Um, but there was something sort of like, I had to imagine for him a release. And being able to do that in front of the fans, and then the reaction from the fans, and I stood up like, you know, like, again, total meatball fan thing, this, like, you know, energy pulsated through me when he did that, and it was like, oh, God, it's good to be back, (laughs) you know, it's so good to be back, and I can only imagine for these guys how good that feels. They deserved every ovation and every bit of applause and, and cheers they got tonight. I mean, at the end of the day, we can keep it really simple. They played their butts off. They played an excellent game. They smoked the competition tonight. And while I think we all felt good that they would beat Rutgers, I think there was still that little thought. And imagine, think about every other Rutgers matchup you've had in the last few years. They've all been knock them out, drag out, sort of slugfest. So history would have suggested tonight was not going to happen, even if Rutgers' offense was terrible. And instead, you do this. So... A plus. I mean, I can't give the team any other grade than an A plus tonight. And it feels great. You know, what a a great start. And now we can watch some more Big Ten basketball this weekend. And what I love about, you know, for football as well, but, you know, your team wins and then you just sort of get a soak in it, watch other games, try to scope out the competition and figure out, okay, well, what's this matchup going to look like? What's that matchup going to look like? And you can all do it just, you know, basking in the glow of a victory and starting 1-0 in the Big Ten. Good Lord, Purdue's good. <laughs> uh, it's 32-18 to 18 right now. Iowa's just gone cold offensively. And you got to look at this tape if you're Illinois and just figure out, okay, how do you neutralize Iowa? Now, hoops at in West Lafayette, that has something to do with it. I mean, this is not at Carver-Hawkeye. Iowa's a different team there. And hell, Iowa at Virginia looked really good. Um, I, I don't know. I still think you can win. I really do. I, I'm not going to predict that they will, but I still think you can get this win against Iowa. Just neutralize Keegan Murray, and and I swear to God, if I see McCaffrey hit a three-pointer against us, it's going to take all of my might to not throw this damn remote control. So I'm going to have to make sure Isaac is going to be here Monday night. I might just give him the remote. Keep it away from me, Isaac, and uh, don't let me break this 60-inch TV. I, I do get those old fanboy juices flowing 
when you play at Iowa. I, I absolutely hate them. And it's fun to hate them, isn't it? Uh, let's see here. Oh, this is from Wizzy, and this is, I think, about Rutgers, right? Great to see them boat race. Okay, yeah, this is the point that Wizzy's making. It's great to see Illinois boat race a below-average team. We've had a tendency to play down to teams like this in the past. Northwestern last year at home. Remember Io hitting a 30-point, 30-foot three-pointer. It's not rock and jock basketball. There are no 30-pointers in college basketball. Remember rock and jock on MTV? The 30-footer or whatever with a minute to go to kind of give you a little more cushion. Maybe you went up six or seven at that point. But I remember watching that game thinking, this is a terrible Northwestern team. Why is this even a game? Or at Nebraska, going overtime at Nebraska. This is a one-seed Illinois team. One-seed in the NCAA tournament. In February, going into overtime with Nebraska. Now, those moments are still going to happen. Those moments where we want to pull our hair out and we're like, what the hell are you guys doing? Uh, But for the most part, um, to see tonight, to your point, Wizzy, as I mentioned, is reminiscent more of the last couple years of Bill Self where it's you just knew you were going to smoke the bad teams at home. And that's nice. That's a sign of a healthy program. Um, that's the sign of that, that's what a Michigan State has done for 20 years now. Scrub teams comes comes into the Breslin Center. They beat them and they beat them handily. And it's not really a question. And of course, you're going to have good games or close games against the good teams. That's fine, but when the Rutgerses and the Northwesterns, and yes, I know Nebraska took it into four OTs against North Carolina State, but the Nebraskas of the world, Minnesota this year, you've got some easy wins in the Big Ten to pile up here at home, and I think you can do just what you did tonight against Rutgers. No reason that you can't. All right, just a few more things before I get out of here, and uh, thank you for the few people that are popping in Twitch on a Friday night. First time we've done a post-game podcast like this. Usually it's a second-half reaction. And uh, maybe if there's some more early games at home, we might do something similar. I mean, hell, Illinois, Arizona. Next Saturday is a 4 o'clock game. And I don't know. If Illinois wins that, I'm, I might just want to party afterwards. Maybe I'll bring a celebratory drink onto the on the Twitch stream. I don't think you guys would mind that. Okay, so what do we got? 34 to 20. Purdue, yeah, Purdue will probably end up winning this game by 20 points, if we're being honest. I, I can't see it changing that much. They are making Iowa look paltry on offense, and that's not at all what Iowa looked like at Virginia. I don't know how good Virginia is, but I'm guessing they're solid, and they're always solid defensively. Uh, you can't stop Zach Eady. <laughs> I am looking forward to him and Kofi going back to back. I think you can still beat Purdue at home. I do. But man, Zach Eady, he plays like 18 minutes a game and he scores like 15 points in those 18 minutes. Just maximum efficiency. The fact that Travion Johnson is coming off the bench is telling you everything you need to know about the depth that Purdue has down low. Let's see, free throws. Purdue is 15 for 19 already tonight. But And the thing is, I, I don't think that's home cooking. I think the way that they play, you got no choice if you're a team like Iowa but to foul Purdue. Okay, so how do we beat Iowa? That's the question. Well, um, you got to keep Bohannon and Keegan Murray at bay. And if you do, I think you win. I mean, that's simple, right? You know what Bohannon can do. And I think if I recall, Bohannon was really good in that Big Ten semifinal last year. He was one of the better players for Iowa. I know Luca Garza got his to a degree, maybe 15 points, not the customary 25 or something. If I recall, though, Jordan Bohannon was really good. And some of the other guys on that team weren't great. And you ended up winning. Um I think they lost more than you did, as I mentioned before. And Keegan Murray, as much of a big step as he's taken, maybe you got the guy that can slow him down. 
but I am sure I'm going to be frustrated and annoyed many times with that Iowa game on Monday night. You can probably imagine that. I know you guys are probably already preparing yourselves for the same thing, and why not? Uh, real quick, also before we get out of here, Mark Turgeon resigns from Maryland, and if you go on to the Maryland Twitter account, they seem happy. Maryland fans seem A-OK with it, and uh, I get it. I don't think he ever made the second weekend of a tournament. I view him like Lon Kruger. I loved Lon Kruger when he was here. When he moved on, I wasn't heartbroken because I felt like you kind of reached the peak of what you would with Lon Kruger. He would have won a couple more Big Ten titles here. Maybe he would have made a Final Four run like he did at Oklahoma, but I don't think you could count on that. Uh, Lon Kruger was a very good coach, but maybe not elite. And he might end up in the College Basketball Hall of Fame, but he might be more of the Hall of Very Good, and we were lucky to have him. Don't get me wrong. We were lucky to have him. But I think Mark Turgeon, that's what he is. He's very good. He's not elite. Maryland won a national title back in 2002, so I can't really begrudge their fans for thinking, hey, come on, make the second weekend of the tournament, win some Big Ten titles. Mark Turgeon I don't think has ever done that, despite having some really good and talented teams. So they seem okay with it. I am okay with it as an Illini fan because we didn't beat Mark Turgeon. And that was always our bugaboo is playing freaking Maryland. I don't want to lose to Danny Manning's Maryland team. And you got two, I think you got two matchups against them this year, including one early in the new year. I think at home. I'd have to double check that though. But we'll we'll have to see how Maryland responds to this. I think that Danny Manning will probably keep them fine. They're a middle of the pack Big Ten team, I think, after this move, maybe finishing seventh or eighth. I don't want to lose to them again. I would like to sweep them this year and not have anything remotely like the loss that you had at home to them last year. Daryl Morcell, you know, God, can't can't beat him. Sort of our, you know, next generation Brian Cardinal as I watch this Purdue team and have flashbacks to the 9-0 and record that Brian Cardinal had as they continue to basically just control this game against Iowa. But yeah, Mark Turgeon will get a job somewhere. And he's a very good coach, but I understand why Maryland's happy to see him gone. But as an Illini fan, I'm happy to see him gone. And the grass is not always greener. We'll see what kind of hire Maryland gets. I would imagine a pretty good one. That's a good basketball school. They will ante up for it. They got the Under Armour money. They got the Big Ten money. So open pocketbook will probably land them someone pretty awesome. And that that's a, I don't want to say sleeping giant because they've been good. But you know what Maryland can be at their best. And that is a program that, that, honestly isn't all that dissimilar from Illinois. You know, I know the transition from the ACC to the Big Ten, we're still kind of figuring out where Maryland fits within our conference, but I remember back in the ACC days, they weren't Duke, but they were in that top three of the ACC seemingly every year, and I think a really good coach there could kind of make them a perennial top four team in the Big Ten. We'll see, though. Um, hopefully they don't get a home run higher. I, I kind of like the idea of separating yourself, and I think that the way Underwood's recruiting, I think you can do that. I think you can firmly entrench yourself in the top four of the Big Ten and just kind of keep this thing rolling and occasionally win some Big Ten titles and occasionally make deep runs in the NCAA tournament. I just want consistency. I want 20-plus win seasons and NCAA tournaments and the occasional banner, and I'm a happy fan. And, and maybe a national championship someday, but, you know, is that getting greedy? I don't know. All right, everybody. Uh, as I wrap up here, I want to thank you on the Twitch stream for taking time out of your Friday night to join us on the Twitch. Anyone having a beverage out there? I got to assume that some of you are having a celebratory beverage. And for anyone in the chat screen, if you have a, an idea for a title, 
I don't know what I was going to call tonight's podcast. It'll be on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. There'll be a title, but I don't know what the hell I'm going to call it right now. Fart Mountain is back. Hey, Fart Mountain. My favorite username. He just says plumber. No pun there, but I mean, it's an app title for as good as he's playing right now. I'll think of something here. Uh, in the meantime, got to remind you guys that the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices. These guys deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. 15 years they've been around and for good reason. Uh, listen, they're one of the best bang for your bucks in Champaign-Urbana. And it's not often that a place stays open for 15 years on campus. U of I alums, you know what I'm talking about. You come back to campus, your favorite haunt from back in the day might not be there. It likely isn't. DPDO is, and there's a reason why. Go online to dpdo.com. Fourth and Kirby, online at fourthandkirby.com, just in time for Christmas season. No supply chain issues with these guys. They restocked and they are ready for the holiday season at fourthandkirby.com. Rector Construction, online at rectorconstruction.com for all your home exterior needs. Get a free estimate at rectorconstruction.com. And finally, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen, online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian is my guy. He can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. All right, Twitch friends, good to see you guys this uh, evening for all the podcast listeners at home. And by the way, before you guys uh, leave, a quick thank you to some of the people that were tweeting earlier this week. Spotify did this thing where they give you a yearly wrap-up. The most listened to songs and podcasts and heard from a few of you were the 200 levels in your top five or in some cases even the number one podcast the fact that you guys allow me to be part of your Illini conversation means a lot for someone that grew up on this stuff, listening to old man Jim Turpin and Lauren Tate on the way to the games. And uh, I, I shouldn't, I'm not an ageist. I love those guys. They are, you know, icons with Illinois sports. But remember thinking, man, that'd be cool. And while I'm not doing play by play, and that would never be my forte, just be able to pop down the basement studio, talk about Illini sports, and have an audience like you guys, it means a lot, and I, I really do appreciate it. So thank you for those that made note of that. And thank you, even if you don't listen on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, what is it, Stitcher, any p- uh, platform you listen to us, we appreciate you making time in your day to listen to the 200 level. Okay, we're going to be back Monday for a second half podcast, probably going to be me and Isaac, and I'd like to win that game. I feel really good. If they won that game, I think you guys would too. Fart Mountain, you're the best. You are the best, Fart Mountain. Should we end on Fart Mountain? I think so. That would be a first in 200 level history. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, have a great weekend, and enjoy this 1 0 start to the Big Ten season. It is the 200 level. Please.